I was just thinking about when something is new and novel, which might mean the same thing. That doesn't really mean the same thing, does it? Um, new and novel, but it just came to my head totally fucking randomly, but when there's the robot voices, I mean, to be specific, oh, when there's the robot voices, I mean, to be specific, like when, when people first started being able to generate those just same robot voices not even old sci-fi movie robot voices where they actually were in studios i mean it sounds like tinny and silly now but it at least took like real ingenuity and processing but i'm basically talking about like when someone could just like open up a computer program or go to a website and just like type stuff in and the robot would say it and i can't even do one of those voices thankfully and we all know what they sound like both men and women but like I remember going over to someone's house and they had that on their computer and we were like laughing. We were like, oh, let's make the make the robot voice type this, which is a really funny thing. You know, it's a really funny thing that to imagine that like we find this immense enjoyment in the fact that like we can type something in and this voice says it back to us. Like we can do that ourselves. I'm doing that right now. Like I might as well, like right now, I might as well be typing something into a computer and just saying it. Except uh, the human soul is wonderful and way way better than computer-generated anything. Not just my soul, anybody's soul. Anybody's soul. But, uh, like, the fact that we get, like, enjoyment out of the fact that this new novel thing exists and you can type stuff in and then it says it back. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I remember being really amused by it for a little bit. Like, any novelty, it kind of wears off. And it's not something that has any aesthetic value. It's not like a voice that's generating like a beautiful voice or singing it to you or something. It's just like the worst voice in the world saying what you want it to say, which actually sounds pretty awful. But what really sucked about that, like that was fun. Like going over to some kid's house who has you know a newer computer or something and he downloaded some program that can do that. You know, that was fun for 10 minutes. But what was fun for zero seconds was when songs started to sample that. All kinds of music, too. I mean, obviously, electronic music. Like, certain electronic music would have, like, a higher-end robot voice. It was, like, a higher-end version. But it was still that voice. And then rap. I remember even rap having it. I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what rap had it. There was even rap that would sample a robot voice that was literally just the voice where you type something in and it says it in, in the worst possible voice. But I think the worst of all is experimental music. And you know, having having been involved in experimental music for many years in noise in noise and all that in noise, um, you really see such a spectrum. Because, I mean, there's silly, goofy stuff that's good at what it was. I was never super into that. I was never into stuff that's, like, too zany and colorful. But also stuff that's just, like, unimaginatively dark. Darkly un unimaginative. Like, that stuff sucked, too. But there's a whole other, like, layer of it, which is the guy who, like, doesn't even really have taste, or worse, does. Like, it's worse when it's somebody who listens to a lot of experimental music and is really invested, but it, it's often more common with the sort of person who's, like, doesn't even listen to it, and they can, they're just like, oh, what if I made silly sounds? 
what if I just did this? Like that's a version of it too, but like there's a ton of this stuff and it's when people try to start making uh, experimental music, but it's just like wacky sounds with a robot voice talking over it. And like, I can even think of examples where like reputable artists did that early on, but it was once again, cause it was novel, but it really doesn't hold up unless you're like sitting back with a glass of wine, like just observing the evolution of this art form or music. Like you really don't even, uh, you know, you really don't even, you can't appreciate it. Like it's not something that makes you go, Oh, that's good. It's just like a stupid fucking robot voice. And I mean, uh, this is the same, th it's, it's pretty much the same thing as like sampling a baby doll voice sampling a toy. I mean, this, what I'm getting at is all of this stuff is the same thing, which is, you know, when you sample like a speak and spell or something like, it's cool that people way back when realized you could fuck with that stuff or hack and not hack it, but like mess with it, rewire it and things. I mean, some of that stuff's cool. And like, like I said, there are people who, you know, were part of the foundation of that music who did things like this, but they could get away with it. Cause there weren't very many and it was probably more difficult to do at that time, but still on like an aesthetic level, like whether it's an audio, the way things sound or the way, the way things look, just the way it makes you feel when you hear a robot voice, when you hear a toy talking on a recording, when you hear a, a sample of like a glitching toy, it, it does something really bad for you. Does something really bad to your to your mind. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I had another thought I was going to go into. Um, I don't remember what it even was. I don't know. It was, I guess, a novel. I was, I was thinking when things are novel and new, how it's like something like that can make you go like, oh, this is fun to type type in words and have the robot say them. Or, you know, it's fun. Like, I mean, the, the whole reason people back in the day would like sample the robot voices because it was brand new and you could do it. It's like the same reason you would apply really shitty Photoshop effects. Like, I remember when I was, I was probably like 14 years old, my family got like a, the first usable computer. Before that, we had had some really old computer and you couldn't go online when AOL came out, like we got an AOL account, but all you could do was check your email. Like our, our computer was too old to actually go to websites. So it's kind of, kind of interesting in that way. Like the idea of just being able to check your AOL email and run really old games, play like solitaire. My family had this game, that computer, cause it was a black and white computer too, which is interesting. Like old people used to always be like, in my day, we didn't even have color TV. Well, I mean, growing up, like, I remember there was just black and white computers, not just like the black screen with green text, like, not just that, but it was like, I think it was a Mac too. I think it was a really old Mac. Screen was really small. You had a desktop and stuff. There were icons and there was a desktop. Like it was, it was kind of like the way computers are now, but it was just really small and black and white. And uh, we had this game though, like my sister had some games for it. And when I was a little bit older, I tried to play them. And one of them was this surgery game. The graphics were really cool. They were like super high contrast, like pixely. But it, I mean, the computer, it wasn't even like pixels at that point. Like it didn't look like pixel art or anything. 
but it was just like an old game, but the graphics were really good and they were like high contrast black and white, but they had shading. It was very, uh, it was like noir in a good way, which I, I don't like a lot of noir. I don't like a lot of noir, but uh, it was like noir in a good way. And, uh, but I think it was serious. Like, I don't think it was supposed to be noir. It was just that it was this old computer game designed for a black and white computer. And so you were like this doctor in surgery and you you would get like a call and stuff. And I do think I remember like being able to see the surgery, like going into the, into the operating room and seeing what you're supposed to do. But the game, it was one of those games where like you had to have the manual because the manual had these different like... I think you like. I think when you got like a call or something, you had to like call in some number. And I, this is so many years ago. This is like almost thirty years ago. Last time I probably saw this game, but uh, it was one of those games though where like if you didn't have the manual, you couldn't play it. Like there were old games where like the manual would have like hints or it would like something. It would be kind of a guide. But there were some games where like you actually had to own the manual because it had stuff in there that you need in order for the game to progress. We didn't have the manual anymore. So like I would always play this game, like thinking that I would be able to wing it and not need the manual. But every single time, like I wasn't able to do anything because you need the manual to even do like one thing. But that game was so crazy. Um, what was I going to say? I was talking about novelty and stuff. Um, oh yeah. Like Photoshop graphics though. Like a few years later, like when I was 14, we got like our first usable computer where like it was color. It was like we could go on the internet. Like I started to like learn, downloaded some program or had some program. Like I think, I think our computer came with it or something. Or it was one of those like free CDs you would get with programs on them. And it wasn't Photoshop, but it was like, like a very pale imitation of it. And you could do some of those, those visual effects where it would like make the colors all wacky or like make it look embossed, but it was always really shitty, of course. And just the fact that I could do it like felt impressive. Like even though it didn't require any programming, like all you did is literally go up to the top of the screen, click on like filters and then click on one and it would just do it. Like even though that's all it was, it took no talent or skill or effort. It didn't even make any like, it, it didn't even require any like aesthetic preference or anything like it literally just did this for you and you had no control but like I remember learning how to do that and it was like so novel that I was and I was like I was like proud I was like I, I think I showed my mom I was like look what I can do look what I can do and uh like being able to like make a robot speak I I mean the novelty of that wears off really quickly like once you realize you can click a button and it's like, oh, it turns the image into a swirl. You know, like once you realize that that you can do that, you're just like, this is fucking lame and boring. And like it's when you when you're doing something like and you know that it it, it requires like no talent or intelligence or anything to actually be proud of, like the novelty will trick you into thinking you're doing something, and then you realize like, oh shit. Like, like, you know, deep down, it's almost like, like whenever you get credit for something you didn't do, like some people will like be like, hell yeah. Oh, free credit, free acknowledgement. You know, some people think that way about it, but I know that anytime I've been thanked for something 
that I didn't actually do or that took no effort, I feel sick. And the opposite is true too, where it's like when you don't get any credit for something that was really hard. I mean, that's spiritually good for you. Like it's spiritually good for you to not get credit for something that you worked hard on. It's like, uh, you know, in Buddhism, you know, not getting the, the fruits of your labor. I mean, that's probably in every religion, right? Um, there's something good for you in that. But like where it becomes really ungood, which is to say bad, um, is when, like if you've had a job, like I've experienced this at jobs where it's like you don't get any credit when something's like a total pain and, and like really difficult to do and or really beneficial to the company. But then you get a ton of credit. Like I always use that example on here of like the time I got a dollar promotion, which is a lot. I got a dollar raise, not, not a promotion, a dollar raise just because my boss walked by my desk and I was typing really fast and I got called into a meeting and he, and he was like, you know, I, I walked by your desk and I just, you're typing away, you're working so hard, you type so fast. He was like, I think I'm going to give you a dollar raise. And I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't turn it down. I felt kind of sick, though, because I was like, for all he knows, I'm like, just, I just have, for all he knows, like, I just have Windows Notepad open, and I'm just typing, like, X, Z, X, Z, Y, 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 B, B, B. You know, for all he knows, I'm just, like, pounding away gibberish just to look busy. I wasn't. But, you know, to be totally honest, like, we had an internal chat program at work where, like, everybody could talk to each not not an internal, but it was, like, we all used Google Chat. And so everybody was just talking to each other in the office all day. For all for all I know, when he walked by, I was like talking to a coworker about something unrelated to work. But it was just like, I wasn't going to turn down the raise, but it made me feel kind of bad. I was like, I've done things here that I deserve a raise for, and I didn't get a raise. And then I, he saw me just typing fast, and I got a raise. But uh, in that same place, though, like at one point, like I started to get criticized for things that, you know, I didn't deserve criticism for. So it was like this weird thing where like you'd get praised for the the, the dumbest thing. Like sometimes it felt like you were a little kid, like being like, mommy, I picked you a flower. And it's like a, a dandelion. And she's like, oh, that's wonderful. You're amazing. That's kind of how it felt at that job. It was like, You'd sneeze and the boss would be like, oh man, you're such a good worker. And then like, you wouldn't do anything and you'd get told like, I'm not so sure about you. You'd be doing everything perfectly or close to it and they'd be like, you know, I, I just don't think you're enthusiastic enough. But, uh, novelty. Anyway, going back to like, like when you, like what brought all that on is just like when you do something and it's novel, so you're like, whoa, it's amazing I can do that. But like really quickly you realize like it takes nothing of you. It takes nothing from you. It's just like effortless bullshit. Like just applying filters in a, in a photo editing program. And, the, and like that's the sort of thing that impresses other people. Like it's like showing that to my mom. I'm sure it was impressive. She was probably like, how does this kid do this? I got this computer genie here. You know, it's like if you're a parent in 1997 or 98 and your kid does that, it's probably like, whoa, this kid's going to be designing billboards, you know. But uh, like you can only do that yourself for so long before being like, oh, yeah, this is a bunch of crap. Like I'm not a good guitarist at all and I haven't even touched a guitar for like two years. But uh, 
I find that like with guitar, like when I first got a guitar as a teenager, it was like just like doing the dumbest bullshit. Like I remember telling myself, like, I'm not even going to learn any chords. I'm just going to like, I'm going to invent. And that's a good example of like, you think you're going to invent something new, like some new way to play. And then you like stumble upon a power chord on your own and you're like, oh, that's amazing. Like you relearn what everybody already knows. And I mean, it's good to do that, but it's just funny how like you, you're egotistical and thinking like, I'm going to come up with a brand new way of playing guitar. And then you just end up like figuring out that, oh, that note sounds really good next to that. Oh, the, the char sounds really good when it's in tune. I mean, you, that's a metaphor for your life. Oh, it's, it's really good when I don't drink. Oh, it's really good when I don't get drunk every weekend. But it, but that novelty can only last for so long. Like you don't you can only like noodle away on your first guitar for so long before you're like, oh, this is just I'm just bullshitting. This is just a bunch of nonsense. I might as well learn a couple chords. Um, I mean, I remember my friend Miles telling me, like when he got his first distortion pedal or something, or his first amp with distortion on it. Like he was, or he was over at his friends or something. Who knows? This is someone else. This is someone else's story. Um, but uh, I think he was over at his friends, and his friend had just gotten like an amp with distortion on it, and they were like trying to figure out how to use it. And then like one of them like accidentally hit the right button or like bumped the amp, and like the distortion turned on, and they high fived each other. Like just the idea of the distortion is like is enough. Like shit, man. Like that's how I felt too. Like when I got my first guitar with like a grunge pedal that I still have, I remember just like turning on the distortion and being like, out of this tiny little practice amp, just being like, whoa, I'm I'm doing something. And you are, you know, but you know, you can only like just be, you know, impressed by the novelty that you're doing it for so long. And uh, those Photoshop graphics, so I'm not done with those, where, like, it's funny, because you look back and, like, there's a lot of album covers that use that. Like, there's so many album covers. Like, you start to see it in the 80s, but, like, in the 90s is when not everybody was using photo imaging programs, but, like, it started to be more accessible. Like, even even professional graphic designers, like guys who work for record labels and things like they would just run like this really ugly shitty filter on it and like the public had never seen that so like at the time like i try to look back at like how things looked through my eyes in 1991 or 1995 for that matter going with odd years uh, but I, I try to like look back and th through my eyes back then and be like hmm like how did my eyes see like shitty computer generated album artwork before I know I knew how it was done. And like I think I I think that like I somehow like I didn't look at it the way I would look at like like I don't think I looked at it the way I would look at a painting or anything like that where I was like, oh, some guy went in and he did like everything on that on a computer. I think I always kinda had an idea that it was like a filter but I didn't think I realized like how easily it was done. And I think I, I was able to look at it maybe like a little more objectively because it was new. You didn't see digital artwork like that. I don't think I liked it very much, but it definitely helped that I didn't know how it was done. Like I didn't know that like literally that, that ugly album cover was just like running 
some goofy filter in a Photoshop type program and then like upping the contrast 150%. Like I, I don't think I realized that like not knowing the mechanism made it, I guess, easier to appreciate and the novelty. And you see that with like architecture. I mean, you know, modern architecture is that way where inevitably like super modern architecture ages poorly. Like it's like, oh, this is all these, this is white with these weird angles and it's shaped like this. And it's like, there is something that seems impressive and elegant about that when it's new, where it's like, oh, that house looks like a, a bunch of razor blades, like, you know, aligned against each other. Oh, wow. That side of the house is all windows. It's one giant window with like a mirror behind it. Like there is something like refreshing about that when you first see it, but it's like inevitably like the novelty wears off really quickly and you just have like these ugly houses and that they're kind of like the Photoshop filters of houses. It's kind of how I see modern architecture, but, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people out there though, who have never really played around with that stuff even today. And I wonder how they think about it. Like someone who's alive today who has like never gone into Photoshop and chosen a shitty filter. Like, do they see those that that kind of visual organically? Like, or rather, do, do they see it kind of objectively, or do like do they kind of know? I mean, I guess everybody kind of knows how it's done. Like, everybody knows. Everybody's used like shit like that on their phone. Like, people are doing shit on their phones that I've never even done now. Like the things that change their eyes and their nose, like it gives, it makes them look old. Like people are doing shit. That's like, that is just, would have just been beyond the beyond 20 years ago. But, uh, anyway, I was just thinking about that, how, you know, you're impressed by this initial novelty, like, especially when you yourself are doing it. And I think that's kind of what led people to do those shitty computer voices. Cause like any music that samples a computer voice, you can hear batty growling, the door is closed. He doesn't like it. Um, but like anything that sampled those, I can tell, like, I can, I can like sense the giddy energy that that producer or that musician had when they were like, oh, this song, like we'll have a sample of a, of a robot voice saying something we type in. Like I can feel that giddiness because it is a giddiness. Like anytime something is new to you like that, anytime you're doing something just because you can do it, just because it's new, you're giddy about it. But that stuff inevitably ages poorly. And I think like you yourself, like, cause it's not like there, it's not like a new tool that like, cause I mean, there's good things that are novel like that too. And you're excited. Like there's things that like, you can do a lot with and actually have a lot of value and you know, are still cool 30 years later. Like you think about like synthesizers, it's like when synthesizers were new and people started using them in music, it wasn't like, oh, this is a novelty and like it's cool for 10 minutes and then it's annoying. It's like, Oh no, this is a versatile, cool instrument you can do a lot with. And it was novel, but it's not like anybody did something cool with robot voices. It's not like there's any artist out there where you go, Oh yeah. You know, like everybody was just doing it in this novel way initially, but this guy really took the robot voice music to a whole new level. There's not really anybody who did that. But anyway, that's just a, my thought for the night.
mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can